What is up everyone? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I am excited to share this conversation with you. Thank you for listening. Hope you're enjoying what we're doing over here. I am joined today by Akshaya. She leads brand and social at Paperflight. Really cool company. Love what they're doing. She has her own podcast, The Newsletter Nerd Show, where she gets down in the weeds with newsletter creators, why they're doing it, things they're doing to build and grow their audience with newsletters. And I think newsletters are certainly hot again, and we're all trying to figure them out. So I wanted to bring her on to share her insight and knowledge on what we should be doing as B2B marketers in the newsletter space. If you like what I'm doing over here, follow, subscribe, hit all the buttons. Most importantly, tell a marketing friend you are enjoying Modern Day Marketer. Without further ado, let's kick into the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. Excited to dig into a topic that I think is near and dear to all of our hearts as marketers. We are going to be talking about newsletters. I'm joined by Akshaya. She leads brand at Paperflight. She also had a Substack and a podcast all about newsletters, the Newsletter Nerd Show that I found. And I think that's how I got connected with her. I found the show. I thought it was cool. We were starting a newsletter at The Juice and uh, we've been kind of back and forth chatting ever since. So before we get into it, Akshaya, welcome. How are you? Thank you so much for having me, Brett. I'm doing good. How are things at your side of the world, Brett? <laughs> yeah, I uh, can't complain. So uh, for the listeners out there, I've got my coffee. It is the start of the morning and um, Akshay is in India. So it is the closing down of her day. So I think that's the best part about connecting with marketers globally is that we might all be in different time zones, but we're kind of working to achieve the same things. And it's nice to uh, share best practices across the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And I think this is a good way for me to wind down for the day. So I'm not complaining either. Uh, maybe before we get started, I'd love for you to talk about Paperflight. Just if anyone is unfamiliar, like Paperflight, who you guys are, what you're doing, and kind of your role and what you're working on at the company. Wonderful. I will do that. So Paperflight started out as a content management platform, but right now we're so much more than that. We've evolved into a full-fledged sales enablement platform. And we also have a new product called Clever Story, which is a no-code interactive content creation software. So if you are looking to get rid of the lifeless, boring PDFs that we as marketers are extremely fond of, I think you should definitely check out Clever Story. Um, apart from that, I think something that I'm very proud of about Paperflight is the people. It's the kind of team we've built. So right now I work with brand and social and we've got a really stellar team right now. So I think touch wood, everything's going great. I, I complete about three years next year at Paperflight. No complaints so far. I don't think I will have anything to complain about either. I love that. And uh, they're doing great work. I was fortunate to be on one of their shows and it was unlike any other show I've been on. So it was fun, exciting. So make sure you check out the content or at least give them a follow on social media. They're doing a lot of good stuff. Thank you. Appreciate that, Brett. And for anybody tuned in, Brett's episode is going to roll out next week. So keep your eyes peeled for that as well. I will be sure to share it. So uh, check out my feed here soon. Okay, let's talk about newsletters. And I want to maybe start from the top. I love when people create shows 
or content around a very focused and niche area in marketing. And I think newsletters is one of them. And I would probably bet, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, that the uh, newsletter nerd show was probably one of a kind, the only podcast about uh, marketing newsletters. Maybe talk about like how that got started. Why did you focus in on newsletters and just what inspired you to get the show up and running? Appreciate you calling in one of a kind, right? And I think the reason why I started the Newsletter Nerd Show was there were a lot of podcasts around newsletters, but what all of them focused on were success metrics. How do I improve my email subscribers? How do I improve my open rates? So all of it was around these vanity metrics that we as marketers keep constantly watching. So I think what I wanted to do instead was celebrate the stories of these newsletter creators, because in 2020, all of us collectively somehow decided that newsletters were the cool thing to do. And we saw a lot of, uh, we saw a rise in the number of newsletter creators as well. And a lot of B2B brands were jumping on the bandwagon as well. But what I thought was missing was actually celebrating these people who create these newsletters rather than focusing on the numbers right so which is why i created that show so newsletter nerd show is dedicated just to celebrate the stories of these creators and i think i was fortunate that way to have an incredible lineup of kind people who agreed to be on the podcast we're going to hit the 20th episode soon so i think 19 incredible people have agreed to talk to me about their journey as newsletter creators so i think that is what i try to achieve because personally, I'd grown extremely fond of newsletters at that point. And I wanted to know what a life of a newsletter creator would look like if I could become one, right? So there are multiple questions I had. And I think somehow starting this podcast has helped me answer a couple of them. Also, while getting to learn about the stories of people, which is very inspiring, some very moving, some very hilarious. So it's very interesting getting to know the journey of when and how people decided to jump on the newsletter bandwagon. So, and I also think B2B brands can learn a lot from these individual creators, right? So that is something I did not expect to learn that surprised me, but I'm so glad I finally was able to crack that, right? Because I took a lot of lessons while talking to these creators that I was able to implement directly at Paperflight. So I think that is what it is about in a nutshell. I, yeah, I want to dig into some of those points that you made, especially on the uh, what we can learn from as B2B marketers from some of these creators. And we'll get to that. But I, I feel like the the newsletter thing was, it, it, it's kind of one of those, it, what's old is new again. We had mm-hmm. newsletters, everyone was doing them. Then people, maybe they still existed, but they weren't as public and people weren't promoting them. And then all of a sudden over the last, you know, I don't know, 18 months, two years, maybe a little longer, um, newsletters became like the thing. Brands started to grow and build what uh, their reputation through newsletters. Creators used newsletters as a vehicle to connect with audience and build audience. I'm curious, just based on the 19 or so conversations that you've had, what is it about newsletters that kind of caused this resurgence? Uh, what, what have you found? I think one of the primary reasons is LinkedIn, because like you said, newsletters have always existed. I've been subscribed to a gazillion of them already. But after COVID, after the lockdown, when people realized that their virtual presence is more important than ever, and they landed on social media platforms like LinkedIn, they realized this was a very convenient way for them to reach people's inboxes directly away from all of the noise. 
right? So I think that started, the digital presence started becoming more and more important, especially since we've all gotten remote. We are living in a remote, the village itself is a remote, sorry, the world itself is a remote village at this point. Like you and I are having this conversation sitting in two different parts of the world. So I think that is why there was a surge in the number of newsletters that we started seeing on LinkedIn. So I, I like to believe that is the reason, right? And also because people liked the cozy corner of their inbox where they were distracted, they choose who they give the power to away from all of the noise. So I think that is probably why we started seeing the rise in the number of newsletters. So have you, did you, in, in your conversation, and I don't need exact math or science, but I'm curious, are most of these creators publishing on LinkedIn? Is it Substack? Is it a combination? Where is kind of their kind of main main location for um, where they're building their subscribers? Interestingly, it's been Substack or any other email platform for that matter. I've had conversations with very few. I like to think zero number of newsletter creators who create exclusively on LinkedIn. They do promote their stuff. They do share their stuff on LinkedIn, but they, they've not built their audience on LinkedIn. That, that makes sense. I think when we had our intro call, and I think this might probably allow us to splinter off into a deep conversation because I'm interested in this, but one of the notes I took from when we chatted is you said B2B marketers need to stop looking at newsletters for ROI, which that uh, stood out to me, especially as I'm a creator who has a newsletter. Maybe kind of before we dive into that, a little deeper, maybe like at the surface, what do you mean by that? And maybe what have you learned from just some of the conversation you're having that kind of gave you that confidence with that point? I think uh, some, one person I really like referencing to when it comes to newsletters is Dia Kanzo. Pretty sure you're familiar with who he is as well. And something he often talks about struck a chord with me when I started writing a newsletter. So Jay often speaks a lot about being your audience's favorite creator favorite piece of you don't have to be the best you just have to be your favorite so i think that ideology somehow stuck with me and at paperfire or beat with my newsletter nerd show the goal has always been affinity how can i make people love what i create um, right we've always focused on that even at paperfire surprisingly what happens when you steer away from roi and when you focus on building a dedicated group of fans right passionate fans for whatever you're creating is you develop a bond that you never foresaw it turns into this beautiful bond that's beyond readership right we've had somebody we've had somebody uh reach out to us on paper side and say i've been reading your newsletters for a while and i really think the soul of your company lies in your writing like how beautiful i don't know anything else that can give you that feeling of hearing back from a reader who says your soul lies in this because clearly we put in a lot of love and effort into creating that. So when somebody validates all of that, I think that should be the goal for any creator, for any marketer. How can you build that group of passionate fans? So I keep referencing Jay in every conversation I have about newsletters. And so he, his newsletter is rightly named Playing Favorites, right? And I think he shared a couple of factors that make any piece of work your audience's favorite piece of work. The four factors are, is it refreshing? Is it entertaining? Is it relevant? And is it original? So if you're able to tick these four boxes, you're already well on your way to creating something that's sure to become your audience's favorite. So I think that should be the goal for any creator, any marketer who's creating stuff. Right? How can I 
become my audience's favorite. Not the best, again, but just your favorite. Shout out to Jay. Definitely, he gets plugged here regularly, rightfully so. I love that. I love what you touched on. And I want to maybe dig into that a little bit. I feel like most B2B marketers go wrong by saying, okay, I am trying to communicate to marketers. So I it's going to be broad and I'm just going to talk about a bunch of different marketing things. And that to me, when I see it all the time, I'm sure you see it, it kind of falls on deaf ears because they're trying to spread themselves thin. But it's where a newsletter or a creator focuses in specifically on a problem of a specific role or a topic, and then they go really deep and hit it really hard. That's when I think it starts to grow and it doesn't happen overnight, but someone in that role tells their friend or someone working on that problem tells their friend and then it organically grows. So I feel like while we as marketers oftentimes just try to cast a wide net, when you're thinking about building a newsletter, the more you're focused and the more you're direct and the more you write in a way that feels like you're communicating to one person and not an entire list of people, that's really when it starts to break through. Those are my personal thoughts. I'd love your reaction to that. Absolutely agree with whatever you've said, right? I think what's interesting in what you've said is we marketers try to look at our audiences just marketers, like you said. So I'm reaching, I'm writing to a bunch of marketers. So I'm going to talk only about marketing, right? While the focus approach works, having this kind of an attitude where you're going to restrict yourself talking just about the chosen topic might not always work. And I'm reminded of a conversation I had with Cole from Honey Copy on my podcast. So I'm pretty sure the world knows who Cole is. He's brilliant and he's recognized worldwide, rightly so. So Cole was talking to me about how when we write to a specific audience, we tend to look at them only based on their titles and not as a complete human being. Like the people you're reaching out to are marketers, agreed, but they are also parents, they are also siblings, they are also grandparents. So try to look at them as whole beings who care a lot about marketing rather than looking at them just as marketers. So when that perspective shift happens, I think that gives way to you becoming their favorite. Again, going back to the point I was just talking about. So that is one half of whatever you've said. The other half, having a very focused approach, you can pick any topic you want. It could be marketing, it could be newsletters. You can pick the niche that you want to focus on, but make sure you're also catering to the other aspects of that person that you're talking to. Like keep newsletters the primary crux of whatever you're going to say, but also be very empathetic. Also be cognizant of anything else that might be happening. I might have lost somebody when I'm reading your newsletter. You never know what emotion the person is going through. So it's always important to be respectful, to give room for them to feel what they want to feel rather than just shoving down your marketing thoughts on them. So I think that's something that's stuck with me ever since I heard it from Cole. And I think that's a very good reminder for all of us to be mindful of. That's such a good nugget. And I'm a firm believer in that. I'd love to maybe understand from you. To me, even if it, if it's a agreement or disagreement, a signal to me that what I'm writing or and who I'm creating for is working is when I get the reply, right? Someone actually like replies to the email and like, has sentences that say, this is amazing. Like keep up the great work or I disagree with this. This is how I think like, to me, that means like, wow, I'm, I'm building something that people care enough to like actually respond to. I'd love to maybe get you, get your reaction on like, 
newsletters, your experience, like when do you know what you're creating is working or not? I'm just smiling so hard because this is something <laughs> talk a lot about at Paperfly, right? And it happened very recently. So the last few editions that we sent out, we often send out a newsletter, a feature update mailer that takes the form of a newsletter from our chief product officer's desk. So how he judges the success of any edition of a newsletter is based on the number of replies we get. So usually we tend to get a lot of replies. And if the replies dip, then that means that something we're doing is not striking a chord with our audience anymore. So I definitely think passionate replies, be it in agreement or disagreement, like you said, is a really good metric to judge if you're on the right path or not. Like, sure, you could look at open rates, you could look at everything else, but how many passionate replies are you getting to whatever you're sending out? I think it's a really good metric to look at. I feel like I think about some of my favorite newsletters and let's see, we'll say, I'll plug a few here. I love Better B2B, Jason Bradwell. I love uh, Dr. Fio Doceto, content folks. Those are two that hit my inbox every week and I open them up and look at them. Always like really good topics, always written like humans. I always feel like if I take the time to read it, I'm going to learn something new or at least think about something. And I think to me, that's the mark of being a subscriber to one of these things and why you keep coming back. I guess through all your conversations, a lot of newsletters from brands and companies are just people dumping links, no narrative, no nothing that keeps us coming back. They're just going through the motions. I'm interested to learn like what if what can B2B marketers learn from kind of creators or B2C creators of newsletters from anything that you've learned in your 19 or so conversations? I love that you mentioned Dr. Fio's newsletter content folks. Because what I love about her is she has just one idea every edition. She tries to condense the idea in a sticky note and then elaborate the main idea that she's picked up. So I think what brands should ideally take away from people like Dr. Fio is pick up one idea, see if it sticks, no pun intended. And then if it does, try to do it as many times as possible. So that is number one. I also want to bring up and call out a lot of incredible freelancers who create these newsletters. There's Dave Harland. Very hard to miss him if you are on LinkedIn or Twitter. Dave is an incredible copywriter. And Dave is not for everybody. What Dave does, a lot of people might take offense in. But that's what makes him him. Right? So I think brands have got to be okay with the fact that they're not for everybody. And it is okay if you're losing subscribers. As long as you're not offensive as long as you're not being disrespectful as long as you're not hurting anybody but if your personality is not for a specific person then that's okay you've still got to keep talking to the people who resonate with you so that is number two be okay with you not being for everybody right be who you are and own up to that right so that is number two number three is i'm going to call out dan nelkin who is now a published author a very good friend um, he published a book called a Self-Help Guide for Creatives. It's a brilliant book. I recommend that to everybody I talk to. So definitely check that out. So Dan has a newsletter that is that also goes by the same name. He caters to a different set of audience who are mostly creative directors, copywriters, anybody in the creative field, basically. So Dan, what he does is he's been experimenting with a lot of structures over the last few years with his newsletter. And once he got a structure that worked, he stuck to that. So his audience now knows what to expect. 
it's it's not haphazard it's very clean you know the structure you know what to expect so the expectations are set so i think it's very important to set the expectations early on you could take the time to figure out experiment and figure out what is working what is not but once you've done that make sure you're making it an easy job for your audience to consume what you're creating so with structure i think that clarity comes through that is number 3 hmm and again i'll go back to j how can you become their favorite so focus on becoming their favorite and not on becoming the best in your industry because when you shift that perspective i think it will be evident the work you're creating people can tell you're putting in a lot of love and you're not doing it just to hit a marketing to do list right so that is number 4 a lot of conversations keep surfacing to me right now i'm just like struggling to pick up one from all of that but i think this is ideally what i would like people and b2b brands especially to know and last is i know a lot of people talk about this have a personality you do not have to sound boring just because you're a b2b enterprise and like b2b brands get away with it because they think their audience expect that from a b2b brand but i don't agree i think you should be more human again i know it's a very cliche blanketed advice but that is the way to go like be who you are be more human have more personality and it's okay to let your personality sometimes overwrite whatever you've got to say so that is my fifth and final point hopefully you all have your notepads out and writing those down because those are some golden nuggets i do want to make sure before we let you get out of here kind of the promotion and activation around newsletters and get your thoughts. I think so much of this conversation has been about focusing in on specific people or you know specific ideas and topics and the more we do that the more the right people will find your newsletter and subscribe and then tell their friends which is kind of this organic marketing engine we all whether it's newsletters uh campaigns content whatever you do like we all get that. Do you have any advice in terms of like promotion of newsletters like things that you think we should think about or ways to get our newsletter in front of the right people at the right time i think you should start looking more at repurposing like create one and distribute forever is famous philosophy that's making their rounds in the marketing world but i think people should really spend a lot of time if possible have a dedicated person who's going to look only at repurposing whatever you've created and talk to more people about what you create get on a conversation get on a casual chat and talk about it and then what people underestimate is being in the right channels that you could be in gazillion channels but there's no point if your audience isn't hanging out there so be very mindful of the channels you're picking and the next thing to keep in mind is don't spam people like people can tell you're spamming them with stuff you've created so be respectful of any community you're a part of because i've seen this happen to me a lot I've, i'm part of multiple communities and it's very easy to call out somebody who comes there just to drop in a link and then disappears forever so do not do that actively take part in conversations that are happening in these it could be slack communities it could be on social media it could be anywhere actively take part see how valuable you could be and i think once you start doing that people are going to spread the word for you you do not have to worry about that after a point that is what happened with the newsletter not show it is very overwhelming because i did not intend to promote it that way but the more i started talking to people they started spreading the word for me which was such a lovely gesture so i think you should start taking part in a lot more conversations and be really useful really helpful to people and then things are going to flow naturally last one here advice that you have for anyone that is starting a newsletter 
let's say tomorrow, what is the one thing that you think we should all be thinking about? I could talk about channels. I could talk about the tool you're going to use. But I think what is even more important is the purpose. Like, why are you writing a newsletter? Why should people care? I think if you figure that out, everything else is going to just fall in place. You do not have to worry about which tool you're going to use or how you're going to promote. But be clear on why you're writing this. Why should people even care about it? Because there are like a million newsletters out there. There is a lot of newsletters and it's uh, once you find the right ones, though, you never leave. We'll definitely be plugging the newsletter nerd show. Check out Paper Flight. This was such a fun conversation. So many good insights in here. And hopefully we can use this episode to bring light to newsletters and how to do them the right way and what we can learn from freelancers, creators, B2C, and how to make something that people get excited about every time it hits our inbox. Akshay, this was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Brit. I had a lot of fun and I hope people tuning in do as well. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. Hope it gives you some insight on how to level up your newsletter, what you're thinking, even if you're building a new one. I think this conversation hopefully can get you off to a good start. You take care of yourself, take care of others around you. We'll be back always more Modern Day Marketer next week.